Hello, this is Will Stotler for Payday Loan Industry Watch, PLIwatch.org, which produces this podcast. PLI Watch is an independent source for news and information about what's happening in the payday loan and cash advance industries. We're able to bring you this service based on donations and sponsorships. The content of this podcast is unlikely to reflect the views of sponsors or donors. This is PLIwatch.org podcast number four and is for the week of May the 31st. During last week's podcast, we said that there was industry news happening in New Mexico. Today, we're going to talk about the life and death of House Bill 409, then the new regulations that are coming into effect in July. Let's go. During New Mexico's second legislative session of 2006, Representative Patricia Lundstrom, Democrat from Gallup, introduced House Bill 409. 409 is officially known as, quote, an act relating to financial transactions, providing for the limitation of fees and regulation of payday loans, providing penalties, amending, repealing, and enacting certain provisions of the New Mexico Small Loan Act of 1955, unquote. From here on, let's just call it 409. In a nutshell, 409 was consumer protection legislation designed to control the amount of money and the amount of interest and fees a payday lender could charge. 409 passed the state's Business and Industry Committee in late January, 11 votes for, none against, and two committee members being excused from the vote. Having been approved, 409 moved to the Judiciary Committee for review and hit a roadblock the very next week, five votes for, one against, and five committee members being excused from the vote. Dead on the table, it seemed, but not quite. Quickly, the Judiciary Committee provided a revised version of 409. Officially, it was known as, quote, an act relating to financial transactions, providing for the limitation of fees and regulation of payday loans, amending and enacting certain provisions of the New Mexico Small Loan Act of 1955. The key difference in the revised bill is that it raised the amount permitted to be loaned to $1,500 from $1,000. Along with that, the loan could be up to 30% of a borrower's gross income instead of only 25%. There are more differences. In fact, we compared the 40-plus page bills line by line to see the differences, not accepting the simple summaries that the news reported. Here are the other differences between the two bills that matter. First, the revised bill tightened up the language regarding what can be held for collateral. In the revised bill, a borrower's collateral is specifically, quote, a personal check or debit authorization, unquote. In the original, it was just, quote, a dated instrument, unquote. Second, the revised bill tightened up the language relating to laws that affect the transaction. In both the revised bill and original bills, the New Mexico Small Loan Act of 1955 and the New Mexico Bank Installment Act of 1959 are mentioned, but the original version contained also the phrase, quote, or general laws of this state governing money, interest, and usury. And this was struck, limiting the revised bill's scope to the 1955 and 1959 acts instead of a broader interpretation. Third, the revised bill demands that a payday loan, new or renewed, may not, quote, have a stated maturity greater than 35 days, unquote. The original stated that a payday loan may not, quote, have a stated minimum term of less than 14 days, nor more than 35 days, unquote. In other words, the original bill made sure a payday loan had to have at least a two-week-long term, meaning consumers would have at least two weeks to pay it off, instead of just having, for example, one week to pay it off, which is very hard to do. Fourth, provisions were added into the revised bill that permit the payday loan company to build in, quote, an electronic verification fee as determined by the director, unquote, to check the borrower. 
While this is not a credit check, we presume that something like the Teletrack Verification Service would be covered by this addition. Fifth, a key revision was made. In the original bill, it stated somewhat vaguely, quote, only one fee may be collected by a licensee, payday lender, on a check or debit even if it has been redeposited and returned more than once, unquote. The revised bill, however, states, quote, only one fee may be collected by a licensee on a declined consumer's personal check or debit authorization. Once declined, a consumer's personal check may not be redeposited and a consumer's debit authorization may not be repeated unless the consumer agrees in writing after the term of the payday loan product to allow one redeposit of a personal check or one repeat debit authorization. In other words, the borrower's written permission is required before a payday loan company tries to deposit the original check. Sixth, the revised bill struck the original's language about collection cost fees. It permits those fees that relate to charges for insurance and collection costs. Seventh, language was added in the revision to ensure that a consumer asking about why he or she was denied a payday loan could get a reasonable answer from the lender. Eighth, throughout the bill, language pertaining to the security of a consumer's private and personal information was strengthened with the language, quote-unquote, strictly confidential. Ninth, language pertaining to military members getting payday loans was dropped in the revision. Specifically, the original bill had stipulations that military members couldn't have their wages garnished, couldn't be made to pay on their loans while deployed to a combat area, and forbid payday loan companies from contacting military members in a soldier's chain of command when trying to collect on a payday loan. These protections were dropped in the revised bill. And, throughout the revised bill, the term quote-unquote payday loan was changed to quote-unquote payday product, making the legislation more future-proof. Well, the House approved this revised bill. There were some objections to the legislation from those that wanted a more restrictive bill, like the original, but it did pass 64-4, to and off it went to the Senate. Filibuster alert! For those of you who know what a filibuster is, be patient a moment. I have a great factoid for you after I explain it. For those who don't know what one is, here you go. A filibuster is the name of a long speech or a debate made by a legislator for the purpose of delaying a vote. For example, instead of voting against a bill, a legislator or group of legislators may choose to use their open quote-unquote debate time to just talk and talk and talk and talk. And as long as they're talking, a vote can't happen. It's officially sanctioned stalling, and it's a tactic used by legislators, especially when they know a bill they don't like will pass if a vote happens. Here's your factoid. The longest filibuster was done by Strom Thurmond, who set the record in 1957 by talking for 24 straight hours and 18 minutes, blocking a vote on the Civil Rights Act of 1957. Let's return to our story now. In the third week of February, the revised 409 was brought up to be voted upon by the Senate. Senator Leonard Tosi and others filibustered 409 to death until the legislative session ran out. 409 came up for vote, notably, on the last day of the 2006 legislative session. This means it's dead until the New Mexico legislature returns, if it's resurrected then. And it may not be. We'll talk about that in a minute. Tosi told reporters that he couldn't support the bill, revised or not, because it entrenched current payday lending practices that trapped borrowers in cycles of debt. In response, Representative Lundstrom said she knew the bill was a compromise between what consumer advocates and industry representatives wanted. But that's not the end of the story. 
In April, somebody did some sleuthing and determined that Governor Bill Richardson, whose task force kicked off the New Mexico payday loan reforms in the first place, may have gotten to travel for free from payday loan company Advance America. You can read more about the particulars of that event at PLIwatch.org and the news archive under, quote, Payday Loan Company Makes Travel Donations to a Group Chaired by Richardson, unquote. We're only mentioning it here because it is part of the story. In our opinion, based on what happened next, Richardson either didn't take the money or they should have paid him more. Here's why. In May, Governor Richardson put a moratorium on new payday loan company licenses, meaning that none could be granted to new companies. The legislature could lift this moratorium, but not until it returns in December. Then, shortly after announcing this moratorium, Governor Richardson and Attorney General Patricia Madrid announced new regulations for the payday loan industry. Because they are regulations, they do not require any legislative approvals, just public comments. Putting two and two together, we get four. Because the legislature couldn't come to an agreement over 409 and act, it sure looks like Governor Richardson made a move. The proposed regulations should go into effect July 15th. They set a flat fee for new loans and renewals at $15.50 per $100, give consumers the sole discretion of renewing a loan two times at a maximum fee of $15.50 per $100. They cap the amount of borrowed money at 25% of the consumer's gross income, and they give consumers the chance to enter into a longer-term payment plan up to 130 days with no additional fees after a second loan renewal. The key point about these regulations was made by Attorney General Madrid, who had wanted regulations like these since 1999. Quote, In the past, people had only two weeks to pay. We are going to lengthen the time. They all want to pay. Now we are going to make that possible. Unquote. Weighing in for the industry, Darren Anderson, president of the Community Financial Services Association of America, a payday loan company advocate, said in a prepared statement, quote, CFSA members do not support the placement of arbitrary restrictions on their customers, who are hardworking, educated adults capable of making appropriate financial decisions for their families, unquote. Of note, the state of New Mexico will also be launching an ad campaign for consumers, letting them know that they don't have to repay loans to companies that aren't licensed to give loans. You can read all the news that went into making this podcast by visiting PLIwatch.org and navigating to the news section. Pick any news article about New Mexico. At the bottom of any New Mexico article, you can find all other related stories. Now, some credit where credit is due. Thanks are due to the state of New Mexico's web portal team, which made all versions of the 409 bill and its history accessible. Thanks also to Zombor Peters, staff writer of the Gallup Independent. His solid reporting on 409 got us interested in researching the particulars of this story in the first place. Ollie Reed, Jr. of the Albuquerque Tribune also gets a nod for his reporting of the new regulations. This week's podcast did not have a sponsor. If you want to reach out to listeners who are interested in the payday loan industry, please contact Robert James via the contact page on our website. If you'd like to make a donation to help keep PLIwatch.org running, please see the donations page on our website. Remember, visit PLIwatch.org for industry news, RSS news feeds, helpful tips, and older podcasts. You can also take a look at our listings and reviews of payday loan vendors. Thanks for listening.